0: Hello, Internet, and welcome back to Antiheroes Anonymous, or welcome for the first time, if it's your first time joining us. I'm Ethan, and I'm the Dungeon Master for this 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons show. Hi, I'm Nick. I play Embers the tabaxi monk.
1: Hi, I'm Kay. I play Elwyn, the elvish druid.
2: Hi, I'm Melissa, and I play Teppence Waysaker, and she's a pixie
1: bard.
3: Hi, I'm Zach, and I play Rook, the changeling artificer.
0: And welcome back. Previously on Antiheroes Anonymous, the Silver Seekers are investigating a rash of strange creature attacks across Port Horiz- Horizon Shroud on the behalf of an Imperial Warden named Torin Brenwarum. They learned from a kobold named Molo that the Dragontooth Brotherhood are using the attacks as a distraction for a caravan raid that they're planning in a few days' time. Molo claims that th- this is the first step towards restoring the ancient dragons, and somehow the governor of Port Horizon Shroud, a dragonborn named uh, Nyasa, is somehow involved. When they went to report back to their warden contact, they found him poisoned in an alley. After some quick action, they managed to stabilize him uh, and allowed him to recover overnight. And now uh, they are finally ready to meet with him again and plan their next steps. So... The group of you returned to the mill house with uh, your Imperial warden contact Torin Brenwarum in tow. when you got back to the mill house, um, uh, Megan Brandyman, the cleric of paylor, who you brought him to to have the poison removed, um, kind of uh, <laughs> you know. Um, Makes her excuses and bids farewell to for the night uh, to go back to her temple, uh, where she was about to take her rest before the the group of you barged in. Um, Nora manages to get uh, Torin all checked in, raising just slightly raising an eyebrow at the the scratches and bruises and dents that he still exhibits, um, but manages to get him checked into a room. Um, and the group of you uh, have essentially returned to the mill house and begun to settle back in. Is there anything you would like to do with your night?
3: Um, <clears throat> before Megan leaves, Rook would ask her if she wanted to be walked home and offered to walk her back to the, the church.
0: Uh, <laughs> she, she looks uh, up at you because she's a, a small halfling woman. Um, and she says, ah, no, I think that's quite all right. I'll be fine. Um, and she actually um, kind of you know, pulls aside her, her robes a little bit, and you can see that she has uh, a little dagger in her belt. Um, I learned to defend myself well enough, um, and I have the blessing of Pelor upon me. I'm not afraid of any, uh, well, any ne'er-do-wells in the night.
3: Okay. Well, take care then. Good luck. uh, Um, Stay safe.
0: Thank you. Uh, You as well. And uh, as she turns to leave, um, she turns back to you one more time and just says, take good care of embers, would you? She was was very important to my granddad. And um, well, I'd hate to see anything bad happen to her. Of course. Right. Well, I'll be off then. Uh, Do swing by the temple sometime. I'd love to hear more of how this progresses. Yeah, we will do. Yep. And with that, she uh, turns away into the night. Uh, she actually utters a short prayer uh, and conjures a globe of um, light that kind of floats alongside her as she walks, um, just to kind of illuminate her path. Um, and then she disappears.
1: All right, so I guess the question now is, do we, do we have that talk with Mister Brenworm tonight, or do we give him the night to rest and we rest and we have the discussion in the morning? I'd rather do it in the morning. I'm really tired.
3: Depends on if he's going to be here in the morning.
1: Well, I think he's likely to stay here for a few days at the very least. Right, but if
3: he like goes back to work or whatever tomorrow before we wake up, I want to with him.
0: Has
1: he already gone up to his room, or is he still? Um,
0: yeah. If he's still down here, he's probably heading that direction, but you could you could stop him and catch him and bring him over if you want.
3: Yeah, I think Rook would stop him just for a moment.
0: Mm, yes! What can I do for you?
3: Hey, what's your work schedule for tomorrow? Are you going to be around in the morning?
0: Uh, he thinks for a second and says, I think I'm supposed to have the night shift tomorrow. Okay. If I recall the schedule correctly. Things are a bit fuzzy still. Up in the old noggin, but um, I think I can stick around to chat in the morning. It seems as if we have some things to catch up on.
3: Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that you weren't—you didn't have an early morning shift or something. We missed.
0: We have
1: a good night, Torin. Yeah.
0: Uh, he looks over towards Elwyn and says, "Well, I thank you kindly, Lady Amalos. Uh, I very much appreciate the sentiment. I think I'm going to sleep like a log."
3: <laughs> All right. Good night then.
0: <laughs> yeah and he kind of drags himself up the stairs he, he, when he speaks it's still loud and with energy but like as he turns to move he's limping a bit um, and kind of you know favoring one of his his legs um, and he you can see he occasionally like rubs one of his arms where he has some, some bruising and scratches um, he's clearly in pain but he somehow still puts on that energetic loud um, outward appearance
3: Yep, sounds like we can do our have a discussion in the morning. So,
1: right. So, I guess we should retire to our own room.
3: Yeah, I agree.
0: Okay, um, as the group of you head up to your room, um, you just spot uh, Malt peeking his head out from his little um, structure up in the rafters, kind of watching you as you go, watching all the events of the night transpire. Uh, and you're kind of the last ones in the, the tap room for the night. So as you go up the stairs, you see him just tuck his head back in and uh, you can, the candlelight from within his little house gets extinguished.
2: Um, I think uh, Tuppence would, would fly up real quick to thank oh, before he goes one to more bed. time. One more time before bed.
0: Mm, you're quite welcome. Well, I still know. need to hear the rumors you recovered for me while I was absent. Though, you oh, did sure. do your duty, didn't you?
2: Well, of course, of course I did. But, but you see, everything happens for a reason. If we hadn't set you out, you know, something bad might have really—you might not be with us anymore. That old Torin, that you know, that loud guy.
0: It's true. From my vantage point in the air, I had a. Prime view of his location in the alley, passers by in the streets would be unlikely to have noticed him where he had fallen.
2: Okay, so, um, on one note, I'll give you something to dream about. I overheard him talking about trains. Okay, bye.
0: <laughs> he, he opens his mouth to like get more information out of you, but you're already gone. <laughs> and he just kind of, you hear him rumble like, Something about, no, I'll talk to her more in the morning. And then he turns around and goes into his house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So we'll go upstairs. I will flop on one of the beds.
0: I think it's just the one um, queen or Is king size bed? bed, isn't it?
3: It was two beds, I thought. That's right. I it's we two. Had two. It's beds. two.
0: Yeah. yeah. I forgot. You opted for the room with two smaller beds yeah. rather than one big bed. I basically
1: I'll take, take some time to arrange the pillows just so, so that I can sit up in bed in trance in a sitting position. Tepence looks at Embers.
2: You mind?
4: Oh, and Embers curls up in the corner.
2: <laughs> I'll go dive into her fur.
3: <laughs> I think um... we got three beds.
4: Embers is the third bed.
3: <laughs> yeah, third bed. I think Rook stays up for a little bit, and like lights a candle and sits at the little desk and kind of. Your um,
0: your light ring would probably be a smaller, like less intrusive oh, yeah. light that's... than a candle.
3: Yeah, if that's the case, then um, because it's do only
0: that. like a five foot radius of like. It's
3: like dim light. Yeah. yeah it's not. That's very...
0: absolutely less invasive than a candle. Okay.
3: Yeah, so he'd probably do that and then um. Mess around more with that. A uh, jug of metallic liquid for a little while, maybe like.
1: I am going to uh, make up my little bed, see that Rook is still up, creep over, and then lean over his shoulder, just say, "What you working on?"
3: And like Rook will look like, look over and be like, "Oh, um <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to bother everyone earlier, but." Uh, apparently i got a package and this was inside of it so i'm kind of trying to make well what what is it roel kind of explain as the best he can of what he's found so far and is like it's just this strange liquid and he like kind of shows elwyn like yeah the various
0: ways you discovered to kind of harden, harden it, it and... and shape it mm. and then return it to liquid
3: yeah and he kind of scratches his head a little bit and he's like i uh, i have some ideas and i'm confused about where it came from and why it was sent to me and um do
1: you know who sent it
3: yeah there was a letter um but they they didn't really describe their name so i was a bit confused about that as well
1: you don't recognize the handwriting or anything like
3: that i don't think i asked
0: The handwriting was very, it looked almost like it had been intentionally written in a sort of nondescript way. Yeah. Um, You never made a check or anything about it, um, but, you know, just at at a glance, it's kind of, you didn't recognize it at all.
3: So, yeah, I think at that, Rook would pull the letter out and he'd like unfold it and see, and kind of hold it in between him and Elwyn and like, and then take a look at it and maybe try and discover if he notices anything. He's like, I didn't notice anything before. Yeah,
0: okay. but I
3: like roll something. Um,
0: so Elwyn, you see this letter that reads, I thought it was about time these were returned to you and hope they will protect you from any troubles the future may bring. Sincerely, E. They're
3: like, this isn't you, right?
1: <laughs> well, when would I have had time to send you this? We've been together almost the whole time.
3: <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: But you—you you must know a lot of people whose names start with E.
3: You and Embers. And. That's about it. <laughs> I don't know. I have to think about it a little bit.
1: What What did that mean? Return to you? Was this stuff yours?
3: Uh, see, I don't know. It's—I don't recognize it. Um. That's why I, it's kind of just a puzzle, and I'm not really—I don't really know yet. I'm trying to sort my my thoughts out about this. So,
1: well, if you want someone to bounce your ideas off of, I'm, I don't have to sleep for a while yet. Sure. I can help
3: you. If you want to stay up, that's, that's fine. Sure. marry
1: If you don't mind.
3: I don't mind.
0: Don't. Um, I'll remind you, Zach, there were also three healing potions in there. I don't know if you'd tell Elwin about those as well. Um, or if they're not yeah, I,
3: I just too. have them. Uh, okay. I'm more focused on this stuff right now.
0: Fair. Um, well, okay, if the two of you, So you wanted to kind of look at the letter for a second? Yeah. Do either of you have proficiency in forger's tools? Forgery <laughs> tools? No. No? no? Okay, then it would be just I think an intelligence check to kind of investigate this letter?
1: Hmm. I never took my dice out.
3: Well, I rolled a one, so... <laughs> um, I think yeah, I
0: as Rook examines this letter, it's just nothing jumps out. About it. It's it's so well done, you know. Um, the fact that it was it was written in a way that it almost looks like it was
3: um, like intentionally written, like this way, or... printed
0: like on a printing press, that okay. sort of thing. It's like okay. very <laughs> I uh, intentionally plain letters.
3: Uh-huh. I got it. Um, you can tell they're
0: handwritten, but with a ten. Anything else you might glean from these? Um, I mean, I think you you can tell sort of the same things as Rook. Um, there's a intentional nondescriptness to the writing. Um, you probably also sense, uh, like, um, you see just uh, around the, where the the person is signing towards the end, where they are saying "sincerely," e. Um, It seems like there, you you spot um, little kind of quivers in some of the letters there that might indicate like some hesitation or something like that, or nervousness or uncertainty. Um, It's hard to tell what it could mean, but
2: yeah. Are we sure it's an actual E?
0: (laughs) It looks like an E. Rotate
3: it, it's a W. It's an m it's a three. it's a three <laughs> <laughs> cracks the code
0: all of the above
1: <laughs> and nothing at the same time, yeah,
3: so I think with the one it kind of like pulls it out and like gives it another cursory glance, he's like, yeah, I, I don't know, it looks normal to me and just just like hands it to Elwyn. <laughs> i'll
1: like I'll sit down on the bed with it for a while and and say, well, it's very intentionally, I think. Covered up, but I think this person, whoever this E person is, is not quite sure they wanted to give this back to you at all, or maybe they're not sure about contacting you. You don't have any other clues as to who this person might be.
3: Hmm. Then, like Rook, he like looks up at the ceiling. He leans back in the chair and thinks for a little bit longer. And he kind of shakes examines his, head. his notes.
0: <laughs> huh. Well, I assume you're going through your like character note right now. I
3: haven't pulled up here, uh, but it's not gonna change the outcome he He just kind of shakes yeah. his head and he's just like, no if if anything, this is just some curious alias that somebody is using. so well, if like-
1: anything, maybe it's confident to know you've got some kind of a guardian angel out there, something like that." And not someone who wishes to do you harm.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, I was a little worried when I received a package at first that it was the uh, the latter, but uh, sure enough, it was just a care package of sorts.
1: Well, then how is that stuff meant to protect you? I uh, point at the metallic liquid that you had.
3: Oh, well, it's probably a combination and he, he reaches into his satchel and pulls out The healing potions like these these also came along with it
0: oh wow and he kind of
3: hands Elwyn one
0: i think Elwyn probably would have seen a healing potion or two in her day back in her home
3: yeah
1: yeah well this will this will come in handy
0: yeah i was just about ready to uncork
3: one of them when we saw Torin, and but you leapt to it so quickly and used your healing magic that i didn't need to
1: it turns out that it didn't really help much did it
3: I mean, it got him back on his feet long enough that we could, um, you know, cleanse his poison with uh, Megan's help.
1: Yeah, I suppose you're right.
3: So. That but was yeah.
1: that was pretty. Uh, that was something. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that happen to a person before.
3: Yeah, I'm a bit. I'm a bit worried. If we um, dig in too deep, we need. I think we need to. Be a little cautious. Um, I mean, obviously, he's not very subtle. Um, <laughs> so I think we have that element that we can work with. But at the same yeah, time, Yeah, I reckon if obviously... we do get his
1: help, we're going to have to give him something to uh, maybe cause a distraction since he's so good at drawing attention to himself.
3: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Rook will think for a minute longer and try and recall what he knows of the governor. Oh yeah. On the subject. What do you want me to think about? What do you want me to roll?
0: Um, a history check would do the trick. The um yeah. I don't think Rook would have any sort of advantage in this corner of the world, specifically. Other okay. corners of the world, maybe. But
3: mm, it's better than what I had before. That is a dirty 20.
0: Okay, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, you've heard um, a story about Governor Nyasa, just just one. Um, but it's actually a pretty famous story um, around, you know, uh, Port Horizon Shroud and, and surrounding cities. Um, you know that she's uh, a dragonborn woman uh, with black scales. Um, and she is actually an honorary Draco Spear, which is uh, quite a high um, uh, title within the Empire. It's it's a very important position, um, and you know that it is a title that is conferred when something someone does something um, of sort of of like military significance, or um, you know that sort of thing. Uh, and the story you've heard is basically how she achieved her her title of honorary dracosphere um she's known for uh there was an incident where an ice troll uh was terrorizing um a series of farms surrounding port horizon shroud um they'd lost you know livestock um uh And, you know, people had started to go missing, and this creature was getting bolder and bolder, and it it was uh, threatening to wipe out, like, an entire farming community. Um, uh, And basically, through uh, her heroic actions, um, she was able to, uh, you know, organize a group of essentially just, like, village militia. um, And set up a tactical situation where they were able to, you know, take this creature down and protect uh, the remainder of this sort of farming village near Port Horizon Shroud. Um, And so uh, basically her cunning and tactics in that situation, as well as her leadership ability to like rally the militia um, and prevent any further casualty uh, earned her, her title of honorary Draco spear. Okay. So um, you would basically know her as, like, a formidable warrior. Um, She has kind of like a folk hero status among people of this town. Um, And she's also quite quite intelligent, from what you understand.
3: Mm -hmm. So while they're on the subject and Rook's thinking about this, he would also say... um... Yeah, I feel like for this whole caravan thing, they were getting weapons probably to, in case, well, I mean, it sounds like the governor's directly involved. In, if she's a formidable warrior as the stories go, then they would probably want to, you know, have some amount of defense for that. Her, and her against retinue. her? Yeah.
1: So it's not likely she's helping yeah. them.
3: I don't think so. It well, that's sense. good to know. Yeah.
1: Still, it's... It's really... Dark, what's happening in this town. Mm. I don't like it.
3: Yeah, hopefully this is um, the worst of it. And if we can solve this quickly, then we can... You know, see some brighter parts of it, of the city, I guess. Do some nicer jobs.
1: <laughs> well, anyway, uh, thanks for uh, showing me your stuff. That's it's interesting. If you need help to figure out what that stuff does, I'm happy to help. But
3: yeah, I was gonna do a few more tests if you wanted to stay up with me, um, and then sure. go to bed. And then so with lab sure. assistant Elwin. <laughs> um, I think I think Rook would want to test a few more things, just like little things that we don't really need to go through. But like you know how, yeah, like um, how you long you spend... can make pieces and stuff like that, and like what like what the you know some like dimensions and stuff, and kind of like take some notes. So
0: yeah, you spend a little bit of time, and definitely having Elwyn to assist um, speeds up your research into this material. Um, and you, yeah, you identify several new ways to sort of work with it and, you know, get res- different shapes and things out of it. Um, yeah, you, you feel like you're much further along your effort to understand this material, Okay. whatever it may be. Uh, and then eventually the two of you will find your rest as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Tuppence, who's been snoozing for a little bit. um at some point in the night, you begin to, to dream uh, and you're having, it's a very peaceful dream. You're on a grassy plain um, and as you're standing there, you watch as flowers of all colors begin popping up uh, in front of you uh, and they're they're tulips, but of, you know, various rainbow colors, right? Um and as each one of them pops up, it plays a single note. It almost sounds like a horn or a trumpet. Um, and you find yourself just kind of giggling as these, these tulips pop up out of the ground, each one playing a note and uh, together creating this, this song that kind of ripples across the field as the tulips emerge. Um, and you know these to be to be trumpet tulips. Uh, there was a field of them quite near your home, uh, and you're just enjoying uh, watching them pop up and play their song. Ah,
2: oh, That's nice, I imagine my wings are fluttering.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's a, nice, there's a nice breeze that's kind of keeping you aloft uh, so that you don't have to use your wings to, you know, you, you don't have to exert too much effort, you're just kind of floating and listening. It's very peaceful. And- do I recognize the song? Uh, yeah, it's um, it's when you take a second to listen to it, it's that same melody that you remember your your mother would play to you, that lullaby, um, your your mother's song of rest, um, and it just play continues to play peacefully as the tulips kind of this song kind of it washes across the wave of them, and then it washes back the other direction. Um, almost as if the sound, the song is just passing through one ear and then back through the other ear, uh, on repeat. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, you smell something. Brownies? It's an, no, it's an it's an acrid, um, odious, offensive smell. It's the smell of smoke.
3: Burnt brownies. <laughs>
2: my dream turned
0: and you begin to see ashes drifting down from the sky onto this field of trumpet tulips and as the ashes touch the trumpet tulips they shrink back down into the ground and the song dies with them Hmm. and you turn around back towards the direction of the forest that contains the village silent run your home and the forest is ablaze with fire the orange flames are, are licking the, tr- the trunks of the trees all the way up to the branches. And you can see um, various fey creatures and um, intelligent beasts darting out of the woods in every direction, um, raising a ruckus as they go. It's a familiar scene. Yes. Do I
2: get any glimpse of the one responsible?
0: Well, your home is still some ways off. Do you dart in that direction? Yes. You flutter as fast as you can across the plains towards the forest. Begin to make your way through the boughs of the trees, and flaming branches are falling down in front of you here and there, and you're choking on smoke as you go. Eventually, you get to the clearing that makes up Silent Run, and you can see the the toadstool houses and the... um, the tree knot, um, you know, buildings that your, your people have created into a village here. And you can see other pixies and sprites, you know, darting into their houses and grabbing um, loved ones and, and running, flying away as fast as they can. And in the center of the clearing, you see a figure um, looming and towering amongst all of these small creatures, uh, cloaked in a dark hood, uh, they're back to you.
2: I'm going to fly up to it and pull down the hood.
0: You pull down the hood and there is the figure kind of turns as, as you're pulling the hood. Um, and as they do so, they pull up from uh, their side, like a, a pocket, they pull up this paper fan and unfurl it in front of their face. Uh, And across the paper fan is the image of a sleeping black cat with a single white spot on its chest. And the cat opens one eye slowly and winks at you. And as it does so, you hear, tuppy, tuppy, it's time to wake up. You need to wake up. And you are awake in the middle of the night, your friends sleeping around you. And there's a faint glow from your pack.
2: Okay, I'll reach around in it and pull out what's glowing.
0: Uh, You pull out the glowing object and it's, the glow seems to be fading, uh, but it's your mother's pan flute. And as you hold it, you hear sound next to your ear, a beating of wings, tiny pixie wings. And the glow stops and the sound stops.
2: That's trippy. Ah. Mom's trying to tell me something. I wonder what it is. I'm going to reach in and get out the, the fan out of my pack and open it up.
0: Just like in your dream, there's a black sleeping cat across the front of this paper fan. But unlike your dream, it doesn't open its eyes and wink at you. It just continues to sleep.
2: Okay, I'm just going to look at it and see if there's anything strange about it at all. I think I can't do this. Maybe one one of them we'll be able to do it. I'll put it back in until morning.
0: You put the fan back in. Do you put the pan flute back in as well?
2: I think I'll hold on to that for a while.
0: You curl back up in Embers' fur, and it takes a little while to get back to sleep, but eventually you do, and no more dreams visit you in the night. Rook, after you go to sleep for the night, you also have a night visitation of sorts. You find yourself standing in emptiness, just a black void as far as you can see. And endless time seems to pass as you're just here And there's nothing around you you call out and your voice just echoes around but then there's a ripple in the emptiness and nothingness in front of you and coming up from the dark void a shape begins to form uh, and it is uh, a resemblance of yourself in your changeling form in your true form okay and it says, Vertinor. Yes? What are you doing?
3: Rook just kind of cocked his head at this shape of himself. Um, what, why do you ask?
0: It's dangerous to stay here and you know it.
3: Yeah, and Rook kind of rolls his eyes and says, yeah, I know.
0: If someone has found you and knows who you are, others will too. (sighs) Rook just kind
3: of sighs and looks at himself, <laughs> and just says, yeah, when uh, when I got that package, I was basically ready to pack up and go. But, um...
0: Why didn't you?
3: Well... I, uh... Hmm. I want to, I think... I want to try and believe in these people that I'm with.
0: Why, the longer you spend with them, the closer they will become to finding out your identity. Do you really think they can be trusted once they know? Do you really think that they will trust you once they know?
3: Yeah, and, like, Rook start. he's, like, if it, I mean, it is the dream, but he likes, he'd start, like, sweating a little bit, you know, getting a little hot, and he's, like, mm-hmm. <sighs> Yeah, I, um, I mean, the, the plan was, you know, to try and find people and uh, work through this, so this is definitely against this is definitely this is definitely hard for me though. I know I know what you're saying. But um yeah, I'm starting to trust them a little bit.
0: Is it not possible that that is a grave mistake?
3: It's very possible that that is a grave mistake. But
0: but you are certain they can help you? Advance your goals?
3: No. But I think that sometimes you need to take some risks when there's opportunities. And if I keep running from place to place, I don't know if I'll make any progress. But I think that I just need to be on the lookout now a little bit more. Good.
0: There will be people looking for you, and you know this. I know this. Uh, and the, the shape begins to fade back into the void. Um, but as it goes, it just says one more thing. Remember... Your secret is your safety. Your secret is their safety. And then it disappears back into the void, and that is the end of that dream. What a nice dream! Yeah, very pleasant. Does Rook pick uh, up? No, um, you kind of have a fitful, fitful night's sleep yeah. okay. after that, but um, so you're kind of awake and then and then asleep, but and then awake and then asleep, but um, you don't wake up suddenly like Tuppence did okay. or anything like that. It's better to have a nice dream like Tuppence
4: that turns bad, or just to have one that's bad all the way
0: through? <laughs> bad all the way through. Good question. That's it, though. Um, that's everything that happens in the night. The group of you wake up and complete a long rest.
1: Question for Rook. When you handed me the healing potion, was it just to show me or were you like here you can have it?
3: Probably a little bit of A, a little bit of B, but I think he was offering it because he was planning on using okay. it for the group. He doesn't have I don't think he has a need for three healing potions, so
1: Okay. Just wanted to get that clear in my head if I should add it to my inventory. Yeah, so you're probably
3: like he's like, Here, you can hold on to this one if you'd like. You know. Okay. You know, well, I don't need all three sure? of them. Oh, thank type you. Type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: And the uh, the morning is yours. Who's the earliest to rise? Do you think?
1: Probably me, because I only need four yeah. hours. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah.
0: You look around, and you can see that Rook is kind of like his his blankets are like all a mess. Um, he's clearly been tossing and turning. Uh, yeah. Tuppence is curled up with her pan flute in Ember's fur. <laughs>
1: I think I'd probably (laughs) stores I'd probably just like get up and stretch and like pull the blankets back over Rook, kind of smooth his hair out of his face a little bit, and then um, go check on embers and and tuppence and make sure they're all good. I'll be like Um, like taking you know how you like if a kid falls asleep with glasses, you like take the glasses (laughs) off and set them aside. I think I'll go over and like extract the pan flute from Tuppence and put it back next to her her bag, just so she doesn't like hurt herself sleeping with it. <laughs> okay, really strong. Then I give up. Yeah, um, I'd lose. I'd lose an arm wrestling match with her. Yeah, so, well, we
0: all would, So, <laughs> <laughs> um, when when you're doing this, can you just make a quick perception check for me?
1: Sure. Oh, that's really really good. That's a dirty twenty.
0: Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, there when you're tucking Rook back in, um, there is a section of his hair that is just like pure white. It's as if there was like a like a a bit of whiteness that just went through one part of his hair. Hmm. That you have never noticed before.
1: Hmm. Okay. Okay, noted. Tuck him back in and I'll make sure that like like embers is resting well on her arm or whatever and if I need to like put a blanket over her I'll do that too and then I'll like go downstairs and check on it's like crack like but crack of dawn I think at this point but I'll go down and check on Nora and see if she needs help with anything
0: oh man um she might still be sleeping because uh, she was up pretty late waiting for the group of you to get home
1: <laughs> um... <laughs> if that's the case I might like help myself to like a cup of tea or something
0: yeah yeah that's absolutely fine uh even malt is sleeping um probably the only person who would be awake would be tess and she sees you come in uh and she goes to the opposite corner of the room and kind of like sits by the fire (laughs)
1: I'm I'm not going to bother her. I know she's still probably a little upset about me having to cast that spell on her. So I will just make myself a cup of tea and sit next to a window and kind of look out and watch the town wake up.
0: Yep. So it looks like it's going to be a nice, um, you know, kind of bright spring morning, probably. Uh, and then I guess probably Embers be the next to wake up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess I would wake up Tuppence as well. <laughs>
2: Morning, Embers. Morning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a really weird dream last night, which reminds me, I want to ask you something. I reach in my backpack, and I bring out the fan. Have you ever seen anything like this before?
4: Um, Embers will take the fan and examine it closely.
0: Yeah. Um, roll a history check. OK. Uh, That's a 15. 15. It strikes a chord. Um, it, it seems like something you might have seen at some point in your life, but it's, it's been so long, like you can't place it. You were in prison for twenty years, so it's mm-hmm. you, you know it was before then, um, mm-hmm. but you can't remember when exactly or where.
4: Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll just tell Tuppence. I've been I've traveled a lot. I've seen this before, but I can't quite place where that might have been.
2: Well. If, if you think of anything at all, it would help a lot. This is really important.
4: I don't think it's something I've seen. It's not something I read
2: about. Do, do you? Well, I was thinking about telling you where I got it, but I think I'll wait a little bit, bit longer since you don't seem to remember it right away.
4: Sorry, it happens.
2: That's okay. That's okay. Thanks for trying I'm ready for some coffee.
4: How about you? Uh, I'll be down as soon as I finish my morning ablutions. Okay. And Ember starts to be at (laughs) herself.
0: So Rook wakes up to the sound of (laughs) cat tongue over cat fur.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think Rook sort of, he probably wakes up and then just like rolls over again and tries to sleep a little bit longer. Yeah, I can, I can try and ignore this.
0: But it's like after your first alarm has gone off, you know, you don't truly get back to sleep.
3: Yeah, he just tries a little bit, though. You know how it is. Put yeah. it on, he snoozes it, and. <laughs>
0: um, and eventually the group of you are reunited in the tap room down below. Nora begins to wake up. Uh, her Tess, and it seems Molo, uh, begin to go about preparing the you know, the, the space for any morning visitors who might come in for breakfast. Um, Molo seems very confused by, like, all the tasks that he is assigned. Like, someone has him trying to sweep the floor, and he's like, well, I don't understand why we're going to sweep the floor. It looks good to me. And Des is just like, it's it's dirty, Molo. And he's like, well, no, the cave floor that I lived on was so much dirtier. This is nothing. This is this is absolutely fine. Why do people get so worried about a little bit of dirt? He's like, Sweeping the dirt, but it's just basically creating big dirt clouds in the, in the air. He's not really doing a good job. <laughs> Tess is trying to show him how to do it, but it's no avail. Uh, Nora comes down and comes over with uh, some breakfast and uh, some coffee and, and tea for the group of you. Um, sets it all down and kind of sits down with you and says, Well, the group of you seem to have had a, a busy day yesterday.
3: It was a long day.
0: Brought back not one, but two new guests for the mill house.
3: And then Rook's like rubbing his eyes. He's like three, actually, I think. Or wait, was that yesterday we brought Tess? You're right, just two. It's like he's like, not there. He's like, I don't know anymore. Very sleepy Rook.
1: I like push a cup of coffee toward him. You pour some coffee for him and push it over.
3: Rook like doesn't realize it's there for a minute. He's like, oh yeah, I should drink this. <laughs> I can
0: I can make an extra strong batch if that would help.
3: See you see a nod.
0: <laughs> nod. Yes, Alright. I'll be right back with that. Uh and she goes back into the kitchen.
1: Meanwhile, Tuppence is had already three. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't take much. They're very small cups. <laughs>
0: Is there anything the group of you want to talk about with each other or with the various NPCs before Torin wakes up? If not, we can fast forward to him waking up. It's going to be a little bit longer because he's he's out.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't think of anything.
1: The way you said "um" sounded like you had something in the mind, so we we're I all know, just we're waiting. All heard <laughs> Did y'all sleep well?
3: No. Huh? <laughs> oh. Oh, I'm know. sorry
1: to hear that. You did look like you were having some uh, trouble.
3: Yeah, not a very pleasant night's rest this time.
1: Well, it was quite a lot of things happened yesterday. I guess I'm I'm not surprised to hear it.
3: Hopefully, the rest of you did though.
1: But farewell, thank you. Great. What's the matter, Tuppence? Mm. Why are you looking well, at me like that?
2: I didn't have a very good night, but uh, you know, it happens.
4: Um, I think Embers done. will will like nudge Tuppence and, and like lean in and whisper to her. Do you want to show it to them too?
2: Yeah, um, I was thinking about bringing it up to Malt. What do you think? He sees and hears a lot in here.
0: Well, Malt might know.
2: Okay. All right. I had enough coffee. I'll see you
0: in a minute. Um, you fly <laughs> She's up, a flighty one, isn't she? Initially in the direction of Malt's um, little little structure. Um, but as you start heading in that direction, you can tell that obviously, or, or right away, that he's not there. Um, and you have to kind of turn around, and you see that he's actually been perched above the group of you while you've been eating breakfast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> of course he has. Right and early. There you are, you big goofball.
0: Mm. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning. you have a minute? Uh, He kind of like raises one of his draconic eyebrow ridges. Mm, Very well. What can I do for you?
2: So Tephens will kind of uh, give him a very abbreviated version of what happened in her past. Oh, and bring out, bring out the fan and see if he knows anything about it.
0: Okay. Um, he listens to your whole story and his, his expression gets rather grim as you get to the dark parts Um And eventually when you bring out this fan that uh, I will remind you is uh, more like a, I mean, it's like the size of a paper fan that like a human would use. So for Tuppence, it's huge. She has to hold it like with her arms spread wide out to like unfurl this fan. Um, He looks at it and says, I'm very sorry, my little friend. I've never seen anything quite like this but i will keep my eyes and ears open
2: thank you i appreciate it somebody will say yes someday
0: um after you say that he is thanks for a second and then just says i'm very sorry for your loss by the way
2: thank you Okay, let's change the subject or I'll tear up again. Okay. Anybody know, you know around in the area that would ha- have some lore about things like this?
0: About paper fans? <laughs> about cats. Or cats? Yeah. I know many people who enjoy the company of cats, but I don't know any who know much about fans. <laughs> I will begin to see what I can dig up.
2: Okay, thank you. Um, can I do something for you in return?
0: You already did and haven't reported any of it back to him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he shakes his head and says, no, not for this. This is a favorite for a friend.
2: Oh, you're so sweet. She'll go in and kiss his cheek. <laughs> uh,
0: some of his scales around his cheeks kind of change color to a bright reddish for a moment. <laughs> uh, going back to the moment, kind of, uh, I think they're like a, a greenish or an amberish color. Um, <laughs> uh. I'm so However, I am watching. still waiting to hear your findings from last night. I recognize your, you and your friends are very busy, but at some point I need to know.
2: Okay, I'll fill you in real quick. And I tell them about the train. And let's see what we're. Oh, I should have made my notes a more visible. Oh, I hear merchants talking about the trouble with the caravan, that nothing's getting through. Mm-hmm. And. You know they're really worried in Amberharth.
0: Amberharth, that's north of here in Ardileer. Mm, I've heard of it.
2: And then I tell him about the train step too, and I'm really excited about that.
0: Yeah, he seems very interested in that as well. Um, it's obviously a very juicy rumor to know that the Horizon Shroud. Um, budget committee, I guess, uh, might be talking about that soon. Yeah, Uh, he seems pretty, pretty delighted by the rumors you picked up. Well, if you're ever interested in collaborating to see what we can glean, you know where to find me. Sounds good. Mm. Uh, And at this point, other patrons have begun to file in, and he kind of flaps over to a different rafter and settles in to listen to another conversation. Okay,
2: see you, thanks.
0: Fly back down. Okay. Um, Well, if there's nothing else the group of you want to talk about amongst yourselves, um, Torin will eventually come down. Um, It looks like through the combination of the healing magic that he did receive and a good night's rest, um, he is starting to feel a little bit better. He still does look, you know, a bit beaten up, but um, thanks also in part to being a dragonborn, you know, some of the like um, bruises and things don't show as much as they would on a fleshy creature, like, you know, an elf or a a changeling. So um, he looks a little bit better and he comes down and sits at the table Um, well, I guess he'd probably go over to the counter and uh, pay for a meal from Mo- from Nora first. And then he'd bring that over and sit down with you uh, and begin to eat it um, and then say, so how'd the group of you sleep?
1: Oh, a little, a little. some of us slept just fine and some of us had a little bit of a rough night, but I think we're all in pretty good shape regardless. How about yourself?
0: I closed my eyes and opened them the next moment and it was morning, so... Quite well, thank you.
3: That is normally how sleep goes, Torin.
0: <laughs> a fine point, Master Rook, a fine point. Uh, what I mean is it was a particularly restful night of sleep.
3: I gathered that. I was, I was jesting.
0: <laughs> I see now. I guess I'm still waking up.
3: You and me both. You want some coffee? Wow! If
2: you're not awake, you've got to be kidding me. This is full volume.
0: Uh, he he raises an eyebrow ridge. <laughs> he seems confused by this. He <laughs> takes a sip of coffee.
2: You really sound awake.
0: Well, Hello. I assure you, I'm not quite there yet.
2: Ooh, okay.
0: But I so am ha- awake enough to discuss our items of business.
1: Right. Right so where what were you doing out last night? Were you on your were you on patrol when you got
0: jumped?: No, no. I was on my way back from work to my apartment.: That's right. Um, they, I, I, I caught sight of them in the alley, and it, it seems they were attempting to lure me in, and it worked, I suppose.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna look around the uh, tavern who mm. else is here right now
0: yeah roll a perception check or um i suppose if you want to like see if anyone's uh has some sort of like ulterior motive or is trying to listen into you that might be more of an insight check whichever one's better for you
1: that's kind of what i'm trying to do see if anybody's listening i have the same bonus to both so. okay
0: then either one
1: okay that's a 12
0: 12 You take a glance around there's not too many people in here yet um uh there's a a family um looks like uh um two genasi fathers and their kids um sitting in the corner um they're kind of just um enjoying their meal and it looks like nora has brought their kids um some some charcoal and paper to like draw with (laughs) um there's i mean there's really not many people in here so far um and those that you do see look pretty pretty common they look like common folk there's no one there's no one like sitting in a corner with like their hood drawn or anything like that um
1: so nothing obvious yeah Still, i'm going to kind of look around and, and then look at the group of you guys and say well, given the events of, of yesterday, I, I think maybe we ought to go somewhere a little bit more private before we start talking about the things that we found. Maybe up in our, our quarters.
0: Ah, yes,
4: an excellent thought. Up in the quarters or down in the cellar?
1: Oh, the cellar's a good idea too.
0: I have no opinion on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> I would, however, like to finish my toast first.
1: Yes, let's let's finish eating and then we'll uh we'll go downstairs. A toast to your toast.
0: More coffee. Yeah, he holds up his his coffee cup and kind of clinks it with you. Um, yeah, and he finishes his breakfast and then I guess the group of you ask Nora to use her her cellar. She seems a bit perplexed. Like I'm not sure why you would, but okay. Uh, and yeah. Um, opens opens up the back office so that the group of you can go down there.
1: Great. Well, all right. Then I guess we just tell them everything we learned, leaving out as many of the incriminating details as possible.
0: Okay. Uh, so specifically, what are you leaving out? Just so I know.
1: Where we got the information.
0: Uh-huh. Um, he does. He does try to ask about it. Uh, but if you kind of dodge the question, he picks up on it and uh, will actually leave it alone. Um, he doesn't pry too much into that. Uh, so where you got the information, anything else?
3: Oh, my goodness. Uh, the only thing I want to know is if he remembers anything from the ambush, because he was saying that they were definitely the Dragon Tooth, part of the Dragon Tooth Brotherhood. mm mm-hmm. um, but he doesn't recognize, like it was like a woman that attacked like a human woman based off of yep. her like physique, but he doesn't like, he didn't recognize, remember any details so if yeah, he recalls um, anything from last night, like if anything came back to him so
0: after you fill him in and then ask him to kind of detail his attack uh, he says, well I I did remember a few more details, and his voice really echoes in this cellar, it's <laughs> it's bad <laughs> um, but he says the human woman. She, I thought she was unarmed at first, uh, but she, her, 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 fists. She struck with incredible power, um, and accuracy, uh, like I've never seen. She, she got in between plates of my armor and uh, hit nerve points and and things like that. Um, and then, uh, when I eventually did try to flee, she was the one who procured it. She, she produced a dart. And I think that was what was laced with the poison uh, that hit me in the neck. I remember that. And the others, they seemed to be following her orders. Um, None of them were as as highly trained as she was under... If it had just been them, I think I might have been able to take them. Perhaps. They had numbers, but they... Well, I have my training.
4: Numbers, like, perks up a little bit during his description of, like, the fist art stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like, Kind of wants to ask him about that, but also just doesn't really want to talk to him in general. So the group of you might see Ember's tail. I will, tail I will pick up yeah, on that. Yeah.
1: I will pick up on that, and I will say, "Can you tell me more about this uh, this fighting style that she had? It's very interesting."
0: Her her blows hurt the most, uh, and he kind of gestures to his armor where there were dents before that. Um, I think Rook used mending to, yeah. to repair them. She dented metal plates, um, if that tells you anything.
1: That's incredible. You're lucky you survived.
0: Incredibly. Uh, In fact, I would venture to say that they believe I did not. With (laughs) fairly good reason.
2: Was she wearing anything on her fists? Or did her, her fists were just powerful enough to dent armor? She didn't have any gloves on or anything?
0: He thinks for a second and um <clears throat> says In fact she did. She had these this this metal apparatus across her knuckles. Uh, that's probably how she was able to dent the metal now that I think about it. Okay. That makes a
2: little more sense to me now.
0: Unfortunately, I don't remember much else. It was a quick scuffle and very much a blur. A painful blur, but a blur.
3: If it's worth looking into more, um, I could try and review that memory as well.
0: Uh, He kind of gives you a look.
3: Yeah, I have... Review? Review? Yeah, I have some magic that I can use to... um, view the memory for myself of somebody else. So yeah, if, we, he... if we think that there's some details to try and get more information out of, um, I'm happy to try that.
0: He nods and says, yes, worked. yes, of course. If you have this ability and it, it will serve your purpose, then very well.
3: Kind of looks to the group.
0: Sure.
1: Yeah, why not?
3: Give it a shot. Yeah. And then so he offers Torin to either, if there's a chair, to sit down or something. Uh, there's a, like a the... barrel,
0: I think you could pull over to have them sit on.
3: Okay, yeah. So we decided to pull over because I'm gonna go. I'm gonna fall over too, so I'm gonna like sit down as well. Be like, all right, Torin. um So just <clears throat> you know, keep your keep your mind focused on that memory and
0: he nods. close your
3: eyes and we'll give and it he a shot. his eyes really tight, kind of yeah. screws them
0: up. <laughs>
3: okay. And, uh, yeah, Rook will cast Review Memory on Torin. Okay.
0: Um, Elwin, as Rook casts this and you're kind of watching, um, you see that that shock of white hair is completely gone. It's uh, back to blonde. Noted. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Rook, your vision of the seller. Vanishes and you're pulled into uh, Torin's memory. Uh, suddenly, eyes that are not your own are blinking um, as as they're you're walking down the street, and you can see that you know the street lights beginning to turn to turn on as night begins to fall on the city. Um, it's a peaceful night overall. Um, The person whose head you are inhabiting seems to be looking from side to side, kind of taking in the sights of the city. Um, And then uh, Torin spots a uh, flash of color in an alleyway. Um, And I'm trying to remember what color this would be. Hold on just a second. Checking my notes.
3: If it's rainbow, it's got to be harmony
0: yep it's it's a little tiefling rod room. <laughs> the city's screwed no. <laughs> We're all um, <laughs> uh it would be a flash of greenish color okay um a robe um and that that catches his attention and um you can kind of see that the head tilts to the side as he begins to Change course and head into the alley itself. Um, and when he does so, uh, he begins to look around and initially doesn't see anything. Um, but then forms begin to move from behind, uh, you know, bins of trash and uh, crates of things that are stashed in this alley. Uh, and uh, a woman in sort of a, a loose fitting green robe with uh, no sleeves. Um, so that it reveals her, you know, very lean and muscled arms, uh, and also these uh, metal knuckles that she has adorned her fists with, um, steps out in front of him uh, with a group of uh, four cloaked figures stepping out behind. Um, And uh, he uh, looks to the woman and says, Ah! An ambush, I see. Cowardly <laughs> tactics. Um, and the woman kind of just uh, smiles at him. And she she has uh, like kind of long, dark, curly-ish hair. That's um, got a very kind of glossy sheen to it. Um, roll a perception check.
3: Gladly. Oh, shoot. Uh, that's pretty good. It's a 19 plus... Oh.
0: Or yeah, that's really good. Um she actually uh as you kind of look at her through Torin's eyes, you notice things that he didn't in the heat of the moment because you were coming at this from kind of an analytical approach where he's very much preparing for battle mentally. That's what I was hoping Um, for. You see that she has actually um it looks like scales or something like that. Uh, Underneath her eyes, just small greenish scales, Um, and her eyes are, they're a very bright green, but they have, um, the pupils are kind of slitted, um, like a cat's or or like a snake's, Um, uh, and she just says, Cowardly may be, but you cannot be allowed to continue what you're doing. And so you must die. And then she rushes in uh, and basically what ensues uh, you don't feel the pain through the memory, um, but you basically witness um, Torin engages with her and he, he like pulls out a sword and gets a shield in between him and her. Um, but she using like quick speed and agility is able to get in between his shield and him and gets a few quick punches uh in between plates in his armor which kind of uh you know buckles him to the ground uh and then uh you see flashes of like swords and things from behind um as uh the four figures behind join the fray and begin to hack at him as well um it's not a very long fight he doesn't put up uh he doesn't get in any significant wounds on too many of his assailants he might uh, he probably got one or two of the um the the scimitar wielding assailants uh from behind him with uh, a blow or two but not enough to you know take them down or anything like that mostly just enough to send them reeling um but it becomes very quickly apparent that it's a hopeless fight uh and he manages to pull a uh actually quite impressive move where he uses his shield to kind of launch the woman backwards. Um, and as she, um, flies backwards, she kind of falls slowly. Like she glides to the ground gracefully, um, landing in kind of a, like a, a three pointed pose on the ground, but it's enough to get her back off of him. Uh, and then he whips the shield around and basically barrels through the other four and tries to flee out of the alley. And that's when, uh, there's a, probably like a sharp prick to the neck and because you, you could see a hand flies up to the neck uh, a clawed dragonborn hand uh, and pulls a dart out and then the vision begins to blur and then mm-hmm. blackness
3: yeah so i think uh, everybody sort of sees rook also close his eyes as he rests his hand on Torin, and then uh, you you can see his like his lips moving. He's like muttering something as and and as he's sort of analyzing and and going through this motion. But then also when the fight starts, he starts like using his hand to like cover where he's getting hit. Like ah. he's like <laughs> gritting his teeth, kind of like waiting, bracing for impact a little bit as he's going through this. And you see him sort of his head sort of like like trying.
1: To, I like Linda like... Embers. Do you think do you think he's all right? Should we do Should we do something?
3: Oh, you're muted, Nick.
4: Uh, Embers is busy at this point because um, after they both close their eyes, I think Embers would have leaned over to, to Tuppence and said, "Tuppence, I need your, I need your makeup kit." Okay. Um, and I take it, and she very carefully starts painting Torrance's face with like, <laughs> with like big bushy eyebrows on, on above his eyes and like. And like a like a like a snot ridge from one of the nose, and like little tears coming out from his eyes too.
0: Oh, um, oh my do gosh. you have proficiency with like a disguise kit, or um, and what else could this be? No, this might be sleight of hand. Yeah, I'd give it sleight of hand if you got proficiency okay. there. If not, just dexterity. Yeah, I'm gonna go sleight of hand.
3: So the spell doesn't say that the target loses like senses or anything so yeah, yeah. but you you told Torin told to close to, his eyes close and, his and focus eyes. on it so yeah. that's what he's doing yeah yeah, 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 i'm just saying that he probably feels these things
0: not if embers is really good yeah yep not if embers is really good That was really good <laughs> <laughs> i'm 23 oh, nice. yeah um uh it's how long does this spell last it's You just about a minute yeah. so You don't have too much time, but you have just enough to get you know those those changes that you mentioned uh, done and pack back up the the makeup kit and get it back to Tuppence. Tuppence's makeup kit is also like really small, so it takes really fine um, detailing skills to get this sort of um, look that you've got, but you succeed. Uh, And when Rook, when you open your eyes again, Torin still has his eyes kind of like all screwed up shut, and he's clearly focusing he doesn't he's not aware that your spell is over but you open your eyes and you see this makeup on him
3: yeah so rook kind of like jumps a little bit and and kind of and then does did you already put everything away or okay so then he kind of like looks around at, at people and kind of like and then looks at Torin, smiles a little bit bruce and just then... winks,
4: winks at him
2: And <laughs> yeah. the, the after effect of the spell
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so Rook kind of just smiles and then uh, kind of, you know, puts a serious face back on and and kind of takes his hand away from, uh, uh Torin's shoulder and then it's like, is that it? All is right, it? Is it over? It's over.
0: Did it work? Yes. He opens his eyes. Yeah. Aha. You
1: find anything? Excellent. find Anything interesting? Anything that we can use in there?
3: Yeah, Rook kind of folds his arms and thinks for a little bit and then just kind of goes through and explains sort of step by step everything that he saw and that he realized and knows that happened and kind of um, zones in on the woman and her actions and stuff like that
0: what was your perception check again 23 23 think, oh that was really right? good yeah it was like um, a 19 plus 4 yeah yeah so I'll, um i will say one last thing you notice at kind of the end as Torren's uh vision is going dark and blurry and he's kind of falling to the ground um it seems like the group of them are running off into i'm just going to give you a direction from Mm -hmm. where they were um let's see uh I know i have a note on this somewhere um but it would be it would be kind of in the south west uh direction i think
3: any specific landmarks in that direction from where, where he was uh
0: that you can think of within the city i mean he was ambushed in you know kind of more of the northern part of the city so a good chunk of the city oh, okay. is yeah, in the southwestern direction from him so yeah. It'd be hard to pinpoint a specific Mm -hmm. landmark, but that was the general direction that they were running in when he fell.
3: Yeah. So Rook's thinking really hard about the woman and how she's not a human at all from what he saw. And, like, what kind of creature, what kind of race or person has, you know, scales and slitted eyes and stuff like that that can do these acrobatics and.
1: Would I, based on the description, know what kind of creature that might be based on Uh, studies or whatever? Anyone
0: anyone who wanted to could roll, what kind of check would this be? I'm trying to run through the list of skills in my head. Um, Definitely history would apply. Uh, I don't know. Can you think of any other skills that you might be able to apply to this? History is the one that jumps to my head.
1: History works for me. To like determine... Like nature check?
0: Yeah, nature could work. Uh,
4: I got a natural 20 on my history check, so that's a 25.
1: Oh, and I have a 23. Okay. On both history and nature.
3: (laughs) Either way. I rolled a
0: one. Yeah, Rook, nothing really comes to you.
3: I think he's focused on the direction right now. He's like, hmm, what about this thing that I'm realizing?
1: I'm going history because I feel like this is maybe something I would have studied.
2: Yeah, Yeah, so um, if we're going nature, I'll go nature because it gives me one more, 22.
0: 22, okay, yeah, so all three of you uh, will draw the same conclusion. Um, Tuppence, um, it's kind of a mystery to me how you would have come across this bit of lore, uh, having grown up in the Feywild, but I suppose maybe your mother uh, told you all kinds of stories um, from various corners of the world. Um, Embers, I doubt you ever encountered a creature like this, but being the well-read and uh, studious individual that you are, you certainly would have read about them. Uh, and uh, Elwin. Probably same deal, like, uh, in your education growing up, you would have read about creatures like this. Um, there was a, a type of, of uh, creature, a sentient humanoid um, creature. Uh, they mostly dwelled uh, in the continent of Freiden uh, a long, long time ago, and um, Back when sort of monstrous groups of creatures had rulership over most of the world, um, there was a group of people with uh, sort of you know blood connections and and deep affinity with snakes, known as the Yuan Ti. Uh, and this description he of sort it. of this description of sort of uh, little patches of scales under the eyes and the, the slitted snake like eyes very much sound like. Um, a branch of of that type of creature, um, I forget what they're called. Um, there's a there's a a, a subset of this um, type of creature that uh, only manifests like small serpentine qualities, um, Is but that otherwise like the pure blood. I think so. Yeah, the pure bloods. I think that's what they're called. Um, they only manifest a few snake like qualities, but other than that, re- uh, retain almost human like appearance, and it sounds, based on Rook's description, like that sort of creature. Packs with a poison, too.
1: Fucking knew it.
0: The other thing with uh, checks like those that I would mention is, um, especially as Embers says that, uh, you start to draw another connection, which is the color of her robe. Um, You know that this... Brotherhood group revere's dragons, and uh, green dragons are known for having poisonous breath. Interesting.
1: Well, that's all very interesting, but I don't know how that's going to help us track them down or figure out what they're, what exactly they're after. Now we know that they're going to be. Trying to, uh, what's the word? Attack a, attack a Attack a caravan?
0: Yes, we must figure out intercept. what caravan the they are attempting to intercept and beat them to the punch.
3: Well, I mean, we at least have a time frame, right? So certainly there has to be some sort of, you know, scheduled delivery or... Mm. or- some sort of transportation going on within that time frame that's important enough to draw this attention. Lauren, do
1: you know of any anybody who's reported any uh, stolen weapons in the last <sighs> few days?
0: Uh, he thinks about it and then kind of shakes his head. No, no, that's a, a bit above my pay grade. That sort of thing. I'm really just one of the the lower ranking members. Uh, I, I. I'm still working my way up the ladder so to speak
1: i see is there any, any way you could way get to that information <laughs> <laughs> jinx
0: well i could certainly try check in with my superiors and and see if any such uh you know weapons have been stolen from elsewhere in the city
1: i mean if anything it might it might Get us a new lead, someone else we can talk to for more information.
0: Yeah, the wardens also can get access to, you know, logs and records of things coming and going from the city. If uh... well, I'll have to call in some favors, but I might be able to acquire this information.
3: Yeah, I guess springing from our other conversation the other night, is this enough information to warrant, like, um, you know, some extra resources from your department or like.
0: He kind of shakes his head slowly and says, "Unfortunately, we need something a bit more tangible to go on at this point.
3: I mean, you were attacked like, and you know certainly attacking a a warden is already an offense enough, and if we can put them together and say it was this group that's doing another thing, I mean isn't that plenty This is
0: true, this is true, but." the wardens do take time to mobilize for things like this. I, I can do my best to push things from within, but like I said, I'm a low-ranking member at the moment, and he kind of like is rubbing the back of his head as he says this in, in kind of slight embarrassment. <laughs> if I had a bit more clout, I, I could probably achieve something like this. I could probably mobilize forces to investigate quicker, but Unfortunately, I I wouldn't expect too much of a reaction in an immediate sense until we have something more tangible to hand the wardens.
1: How difficult would it be to get uh, a meeting
0: with the governor? Uh, He raises uh, the eyebrow ridges with the makeup on it. The The eyebrow and
1: the eyebrow. Yeah. I reckon if 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 the governor is some, somehow involved in all this and if, if, if she's a target or even if she isn't, she might have information about which, which caravan is going to be attacked, right? If they expect her to be showing up.
0: Governor Nyasa does occasionally... She has in the past, in exceptional circumstances listen to the concerns of plain individuals from the city. It is possible that if we brought this to her, we may be able to get an audience. We'd have to convince her personal guards at Harbor Watch Citadel, but.
1: Well, that wouldn't be too hard. I have a certain way about me.
2: Well, what if we went to the merchants themselves? They must have records of what's coming possible caravans We could sneak and look at their records
0: yeah he nods I mean, and says oh, as i said i the it is possible that i can get access to these records as a, a member of the wardens i just have to
1: but whatever uh, it is they're tr- trying to steal is something to help them restore power to dragons something you know, tells me it might be something that might be left off of a, a register
0: that is also a possibility
1: But it might
2: give us a clue if we knew it was coming where something could possibly hide in the middle of one.
0: There will be a great number of these records if if we go this route. Um, Sifting through them will take some time and effort, but between the the five of us, we may be able to manage.
1: Well, Torrin, I think that your expertise, might be best served going back to the wardens and trying to get as much information from them as you can. Working those connections, calling in those favors. That's something that only you can do. The rest of us can't do that.
4: We have our own leads to follow
1: up anyway. And then the, the, the rest of us, maybe we can go and try to talk to the governor or follow up some other lead.
0: He nods slowly and says like he looks like he's thinking about something and then finally spits it out. There is another option. They've tried to kill me once. They presume me dead, I assume. If I were to reveal, in some public sense, that I am not dead, we might be able to bait them into a trap and capture some members for interrogation.
1: Oh, wouldn't that be dangerous?
0: Um, he uh, he gives we you. We can't uh, put
1: you in that danger again. He gives You're you barely a warm, recovered from A one look time. and a
0: smile, and says, "It is my duty as a <laughs> member of the Imperial Wardens to protect the people, and if that means putting my life on the line once again, then I shall." Torren rolls her eyes. Very, very <laughs> pretty. doesn't notice.
2: A very pretty speech.
1: Well, I, th- I think that is very admirable of you, Mr. Brenwarum. but you can't protect anybody if you are baiting people into a trap and end up dying in the process.
0: But that's what the group of you would be there for. I, um, I wager the group of you are quite accomplished in your own way. Otherwise, Maltz would never have assigned you to the job I tasked.
1: What did the rest of you think?
3: What does Rook think about the uh, UNT woman's like um, strength, as far as like compared to like what he's seen like Embers do and stuff? And mm. other...
0: too bad you don't have like, know like some. No, your enemy or whatever. Hit yeah, points. some
3: <laughs> some fighter feature. I was like, um, I was like, dang it.
0: <laughs> she she honestly she looked pretty terrifying uh, as an opponent. Um, but some of the things she's done, she did. You've seen Embers do. Um. yeah it's hard to say um, like it was a it was a pretty rough battle for Torin, but it was just him and there are yeah. five of you all together
3: so I think Rook would look at Elwin and look at Torin. Side say Torrin I, I think you and I both know that we don't want you up against that woman again
0: hmm well, that's very kind so of you.
3: Maybe Rook. this is a good plan B, or plan
1: C, as it were.
3: Or plan C. Maybe we should hit up our other, you know, investigations first, and then if we have to, this is he something that is sure to maybe says, draw attention.
0: Very well, very well. I won't force the matter, but just remember, it is an option if we are running up against dead ends.
2: Remember to not go darting about too much. Make sure
3: you're with your platoon. Have someone walk you home.
4: (laughs) You might consider wearing some sort of disguise, like maybe
0: makeup or something. (laughs) I've never applied makeup to myself before. It is something to consider, though.
1: Well, Ambers is pretty skilled at it. You could always ask for her help.
0: However, I doubt I can get access to the Warden's records or procure resources from my commanding officers. In disguise. Hmm. Just to consider that deeply.
3: You would know better than we would.
1: (laughs) I'm looking at Rook and Embers and Tuppence. What do y'all want to do?
4: I will tell you later.
1: (laughs) All right.
2: Now, Torin, yes, uh, you really it sounds like you really want to come with us and help us. Could it be that you, you might be a little bit afraid to walk around by yourself?
0: Uh, he shakes his head and says, "No, no, not at all. Okay. Um, I do have the night shift today, so I can accompany you for the day if you wish to follow up leads together. If you're headed to Harbor Watch Citadel, certainly being accompanied by an imperial warden will lend credence to your story, low rank as I may be. And I am quite willing to offer any aid that I can.
2: We have our ways too, but are you sure you don't need a little bit more rest?
0: Uh, he is absolutely not picking up on like any of the subtleties of the situation, like Ember's discomfort with the fact that he wants to come along with you, <laughs> what Tuppence is needling at. Like he's he just seems very confused. Nope, I feel fine. I've had my coffee, and um, the healing magic seems to have done the trick.
3: So maybe I'm fit as a fiddle. Maybe we'll since it's still early. Maybe we'll hit up one of our other leads for right now. And then we'll come back and compare notes. And, and then if we end up going there, maybe we'll, we'll ask if you don't mind, if you have time to take along.
0: Hmm. All right, well then.
1: Hmm. Why don't you see if there's anything you can help Nora with here while you're here hiding out? And we'll, we'll be back in an hour or two.
0: Surely there are more productive things I can be doing. You, you said that it would be helpful if, if I went to the wardens. And, and, and what should I ask for? There this were a true, couple ideas thrown about.
1: You're right that everyone thinks you're dead right now.
0: Well, well the
3: or at
1: least not, the, but... the Brotherhood does. If you yeah. go out to the to the uh, what is it, the Thrymsgate, Gate, and Thrimsgate start decks, yeah. throwing yourself around at the wardens, like we're going to get out that you're not dead, and maybe maybe keeping that a secret is a good thing for now.
3: Hmm. I mean, he has a shift today anyway, so it's like
0: you know. Well,
1: maybe he doesn't show up for his shift.
0: Oh, that would look very bad. I I must attend my shift.
1: It would only look bad if they knew you were still alive, sugar. Yeah,
2: he's not a shiftless character at all.
0: Maybe you just shouldn't go back to work. (laughs) Uh, He laughs and says, Ah, you all joke. Um, no, no. My, I, my place is with, with the Wardens. I, I must return to my, my job eventually. I, I do see the wisdom in, in laying low for the moment. And he seems conflicted. Uh, Elwin, you, well, were, you were the one pushing for him to lay low. Would you roll a persuasion check? Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can take advantage from the rest of the group helping. Uh,
1: persuasion. Persuasion. Man. I have... Good. I'm missing that one, too. I dropped my other one. Okay, but that's uh 17.
0: 17? 17. Um, yeah, he says, Hmm, yes, very well. Uh, I will stick around here for the moment while the group of you pursue our leads. But
3: that's what you hired us to do.
0: I ask of you just one thing. If you sure. stumble upon anything significant, anything big that takes you into danger, please come and fetch me. I can't sit idly while the group of you put yourself in harm's way. I just can't.
1: I think that'll be easy enough for us to agree to.
0: Very well. Then I shall remain. And,
1: and try not to speak about this while we're not here, all right? You never know who's going to come into this place.
0: Very, very true. Mums the word. And he kind of makes a zipper motion across his dragony mouth. Embers habitually looks upward. Even though we're in the cellar? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, roll a perception check.
4: (laughs) Sure. Pretty good. I think that's like the 22. No, not that good. 20, 30, 20. Uh,
0: No sign of malt. There is um, kind of like a a hole in one of the floorboards above you, Um, but it seems uh, directly above you is kind of like the back office of the millhouse, um, and you don't see any, anyone like peeking through it or whatever. Um, and the back office of the mill house is rather secure. So you, you gather that you're probably not being overheard at the moment.
1: Okay. All right. Well, that settles it. Let's, uh, let's go back upstairs.
0: Yep.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, after you go back upstairs, um, Torrin, uh, kind of <clears throat> uh, bids the group of you farewell to let you off to do your own thing and goes back up to his room but you can see that he's kind of like I don't want to say dejected but he, he doesn't seem to like know what to do with himself. Kind of moping a little bit? Yeah, he's moping a little bit. Yeah. Um, to be expected. He goes back up the stairs back towards his room. Does
4: anybody notice him on his way <laughs> up? Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, Nora I think sees him as he comes through um, and she doesn't quite know what to do her eyes just kind of like go wide and then he's like hello Uh, she she like jumps gets startled and goes back to her work um however uh molo uh who has finished sweeping um and is now tasked with drying wet plates um spots him from across the room and says "Hal, dragon man you got some stuff on your face Uh, and Torin kind of looks at him and says, "What? What do? You, what do you mean? look! Uh, how Um, there's like there, there's makeup all over your eyebrows. You got you got funny eyebrows." <laughs> uh, and Torin Torin just seems confused. What? I have no such thing. I don't know what you mean. And uh, be off with you, tiny kobold. <laughs> Goes up the stairs, and Molo just is like cracking up in the chair. <laughs> Uh, And when the group of you come up behind Torin, um, Molo just says, Why don't you do that? That was really funny. I liked it. That's good stuff. (laughs) He has no idea, does (laughs) it?
1: He has no idea. What a dummy. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, which of these leads are we going to pursue first?
4: I like the idea of the auction one.
3: Me too.
1: All right. Uh, do we know where it is?
0: Um, it I think is. Malt gave you directions. Uh, and if he didn't, it's called uh, like he Highest certainly... Bid or something? Yes. The yeah. place is called Highest Bid.
1: Is it?
3: Yeah. And it's by the docks?
0: Uh, yeah, thereabouts. Um, so you're just going to head out in, uh, towards the, the auction yeah, house then? Yeah, let's go. Okay.
3: In classic Silver Seeker fashion.
0: We head out. <laughs> head out. Um, you make cool. your way out into the city. It's um, well into the morning at this point. Um, the city is already coming alive. Uh, you can hear the sounds of ships coming into the harbor, um, bells ringing, signifying uh, that they are coming and going. Um, I tunnel. think as you go out in this direction, let me see. I'm just trying to open my map of the city. Um, Yeah, you probably have to cross through uh, what's known as the maritime market. Um, And it's kind of a district of the city that is just a sprawling marketplace. Um, You can see that some of the stalls there that are set up are more temporary. Some are more, like, fixed in place. Uh, There are some actual, like, building stores Um, that seem to be permanent fixtures of the marketplace but there are also uh, you know various uh, wagons that have clearly just come into town today rolled up to the market and set up shop Um, you guess that you could probably find just about anything you were looking for uh, in the maritime market Um, and it's already at this hour in the morning just bustling with people some people doing uh, shopping for like um, you know meals for the day the, you know, supplies to make meals that they need to prepare. Some people shopping for, um, you know, for fun, looking for trinkets. Um, other people seem to be uh, looking for more functional things. There's like, um, you know, tool, merchants selling various tools and, and things like that. Um, it is a, it's a very busy district of the city. And um, Yeah. Uh, with the with the sun shining down on it and the seagulls kind of uh, calling out, it's it's a very uh, fun and, and and warm atmosphere. Um,
1: I think as we as we are passing through, I'm just definitely like window shopping and like yeah. pointing out the cool things that I find to like Tuppence. <laughs> like, what we'll sort of things at. would
0: catch Elwin's eye?
1: Oh, I don't know. I think maybe handmade things, things that look like they were uh, crafted with like cheap or flimsy materials, or maybe something that looks like it was very artistically made, you know, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of merchants here who clearly bring, you know, handmade, uh, you know, art or, uh You know other things for sale um as well as like you know various clothing items that seem to be handmade as well um one of the one of the more interesting ones you see you see a uh kobold wearing kind of dark glasses um and has a little bit of a beret on the head um and they're selling what looks like um modern abstract art uh statues comprised oh of various like ship pieces or uh you know wagon wheels um metal scraps and junk but it's all artistically shaped into you know various forms like there's um there's a small statuette made of junk of um uh what would it be of um of like a, we'll say like uh A bear, perhaps, um, that's kind of like stood on its hind legs, um, and it's wearing a top hat. (laughs) You know, it's it's just—it's like all kinds of weird stuff.
1: Everything I wanted out of this marketplace, right in this one NPC. Yep. I feel like I probably would be like really tempted to kind of linger and look. (laughs) <laughs> like Rook or Embers or somebody would have to like come on, Ellen. We don't have time. Come on, and always come along. back.
3: I just gently um, grab your arm and yeah, kind of keep pulling you along.
1: Shopping is the best therapy. Mm. Don't you feel great right now, Ellen? Oh, it's so everything's so interesting. I just love it. I love this place.
0: Do any sorts of things draw uh, any of the rest of your eyes? Um, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Uh, I think Embers would linger a little bit at. Um,
4: some of the, like, clothing stalls.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, there's plenty, and in, like, all ranges of uh, price and fashion, um, pretty much anything you're looking for, any sort of outfit you might want to procure, it looks like you could buy in one of the uh, stalls or, or more permanent fixtures of the town.
2: Anything it's... for Petites?
0: I just made it with some saving fare when I passed. <laughs> to, like, resist the urge to buy. Oh no! Um, oh no! There's not much in Tuppence's size. Um, <laughs> there's some like baby outfits, like like onesies that might fit, but not much.
2: I'll make my own. <laughs>
3: um, I think that Rook on the way here and to the highest bid is going to be a little distracted. Uh, he's maybe a little bit paranoid of and he's like looking for if people are potentially following him and, or you know some like looking for maybe something that he someone that he recognizes or something sure. so he's probably not paying too much attention to the market and stuff so can you can i roll like a perception yeah, check? roll a something? perception check okay eh, it's 15 15
0: um you don't know if it's just the paranoia, but it feels like as you're you're walking through the market, it feels like the group of you are drawing a lot of attention. Like it it seems as much as your friends are enthralled by the various wares that are available, it seems like people and other shoppers seem to glance at you more frequently than you'd expect. But you don't spot anything particularly suspicious.
3: Yeah, so I think I think Rook sorta of tries to gently hurry people along. Kind of like, yeah, we I think we should probably get going, guys, and you know, just like kinda trying to keep everybody moving and get out of this crowded place.
1: All right, another day then, Elwyn, huh? Oh, I hope that little cobalt's back next time because those those little art pieces are so cute. <laughs>
0: Uh, The kobold seemed to have um, a semi-permanent stand. It's not like a, a, you know, like a a building or anything like that, like an actual proper shop. But um, unlike some of these wagons that seem to have just rolled up for the day, uh, it seems to be a stall that um, has kind of a worn position within the market. So uh, it's a fair bet that this kobold will be available at some point in the future. Excellent. Um. Rook, with that perception check, you do notice one other thing that I think about. Okay. Um, as you're walking uh south and west towards uh the auction house, um, on the directions that Malt gave you, and you're kind of warily looking around, um, you do happen to you feel a shadow pass over you. Um, it's as if the you know the sunlight gets less bright for a moment. Um And that's enough to, in your hyper-alert state, draw your eyes upward. um, And you spot something high in the sky, kind of silhouetted against the the morning sun. Um, A large form, uh, scaled reptilian with an incredible wingspan, uh, large enough to cast a shadow across your entire group as it passes overhead. Um, A white dragon flies above you uh in a northern direction shoot uh off into the distance
3: is it being like ridden by anybody or just like is this...
0: with your perception check you can't quite tell you kind of like have to hold your hand up yeah, against the sun like because the sun is just so bright in your eyes yeah um, he doesn't like that yeah yeah it's hard to make anything out but you spot this this dragon flying um northward it seems okay Cool. Yeah, uh, it seems like you're the only one in your group who noticed it, since the rest of your friends are kind of preoccupied with their window shopping. All
3: right.
0: Okay. Uh, well, the group of you make your way along the directions that Malt gave you. Um, it's a it's a long walk, but it's a peaceful walk. Uh, and you get to see sections of the city that you haven't seen before up to this point. Um, And you find yourselves in front of um, a sort of very plain uh, and unassuming looking, almost like a warehouse. Um, If it didn't have a sign over the front in kind of scrawling letters that said the highest bid, you would have no idea that this is sort of the, the auction house that you were looking for. Um, especially since it's in very much like a warehouse and, and docks sector of the city, like everything around it um, seems to have more of a functional purpose in the import and export that comes uh, you know, as part of being a port city. Um, yeah, and you find yourself standing outside this building. What would you like to um, do?
2: Nothing sets it apart from anything else, huh?
0: Nope, nothing sets it apart.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, uh, I'll knock. Yeah.
0: Um. Uh, as you knock on the door, um, it, the door actually opens out the other way, almost kind of knocking you over. Um, and a train of, of kobolds comes walking out carrying boxes, uh, t- chattering to each other in draconic. Which uh, and none they, of
1: us speak still. They don't <laughs> seem to take
0: much notice of you, and they just kind of go out the door and begin to walk around the corner to like, it looks like there's like a side storage building.
1: If it's important I can cast comprehend languages. <sighs> well, I mean, we knew he employed cobaltts right
0: right
3: yeah so I guess with the door open we'll just, we'll just start slide walking.
0: on in yeah yeah Hello? The, <laughs> the inside of this building is a stark contrast to the outside um, it is richly finely and opulently decorated inside um, all of the furniture is upholstered um, with this kind of like like a like a scarlet velvet, um, and there are you know like velvet drapes that hang across uh, the windows and things like that that have uh, gold tassels and uh, you know kind of like gold cord fringe to them. Um, it is clearly designed to uh, appear as an affu- affluent affluent spit. That's not a word. Affluent. Affluent. Oh. affluent. There's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Nick affluent space uh, within here Um, and as you walk in and call out hello um, you hear from a balcony space above um, a voice call back why hello (laughs) Uh, and you look up and you see uh, a man dressed in a fine suit um, kind of like a a navy blue color to it Um, and he has this kind of uh, like a It's it's that light like powder blue. Is it like a cornflower blue? Is that what it's called? Something like that. You know, the one I'm talking about Um, uh, bow tie that he's wearing there. Um, He has wispy white hair that almost appears to be like a cloud in and of itself that is just kind of swooshed up into the side a little bit. Um, And he absolutely wears a monocle. Uh, and he says, "Welcome, welcome to the highest bid. I am Squall, the proprietor of this establishment. What can I do for you, fine ladies and gentlemen?" Uh, and he begins to uh, stroll, uh, strut even down a staircase towards. Him.
1: Oh my God! I love him. <laughs>
0: There's been a lot of good NPCs in this game with I love good. it so much. Uh, he comes up to the group of you and extends a hand. Uh, Do you want to come stay at the Mill House? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Everyone's
3: going to be staying at the Mill House. I um, thought <laughs> you Elwin, were
1: going to say, Do you
2: want to marry me? <laughs> uh,
0: since Elwin was the one who um, kind of called out to greet him, uh, he extends a hand yes. out towards Elwynn.
1: Yes, and I'll, I will take it enthusiastically and just he, say, he well, He clasps hello. your hand with
0: both of his hands and shakes gently. Hello, hello. What might I call you, my friends?
1: Well, we are the Silver Seekers, and we are ah, here. A on fine the, name. We are here at the behest of uh, Malt. He said you might ha- you were looking for someone to help with a, a theft problem you
0: had. Ah, yes, the, the tiny dragon. Uh, I put that request in some days ago. At this point, I was beginning to become concerned that uh, he was not going to fulfill his end of the bargain and send people my direction. Uh, well, I'm quite glad to see you. Uh, y- y- your names, if I may inquire.
1: Well, my name is Elwin Amalos.
0: A pleasure. I'm charmed. Amalos. I'm
1: charmed.
3: <laughs> I'm Rook. charmed. Pleasure Amish. to meet you.
0: Bizavoidash. It is an absolute delight to make your acquaintance, every one of you. Well, I have no knowledge of these matters. Uh, how do you proceed in, well, in situations why don't such you, as these?
1: Why don't you tell us what was stolen and any any clues you might have? Ah, you might yes, start? indeed.
0: A, a fine place to start. Uh, come with me. And he begins to... Um, you know, his back straight as an arrow stride up uh, the stairs. And as he, he turns around and begins to elegantly walk up the stairs, you can actually see that his suit has uh, coattails as well. You know? Of course it does. Yep. Yep. <laughs> is, he, is, is he human? Uh, he is an air genasi. That's what I thought he must be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and I should mention he has actually um, kind of light bluish, purplish skin as well. Um, let me see if I have any other descriptions of him. It's up to my other section of my notes. I just to make sure I don't size. miss anything. <laughs> uh, he has actually kind of small, dainty feet, probably like... Uh, <laughs> I <wasn't>
1: serious <laughs> about shoe size.
0: I know, but I, I guess he has like size nine. Nine in men's, you know?
3: Oh my gosh, this guy. Um,
0: let's see. Squall, there we go. Oh, um, he has a, a slight hook to his nose that I forgot to mention, uh, and kind of like pale blue skin. Yep. Uh, yep, that is that is Squall. Okay. And he begins to lead you upstairs, and I think we're at about out of time, so I suppose that's a good place to pick up next week.
3: What a cliffhanger.
0: Yep. <laughs> two weeks. Oh, yeah, two weeks yeah. from now, because we're off next week. Yeah. You'll have to wait for more school. (laughs) Well, my friends, thank you for playing. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to watch. Uh, As I said, we'll be back with more of this. We'll pick up right here uh, in two weeks' time. So I hope to see you then. Thanks for watching. Have a good night. Bye. 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 Bye.